Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Levered Ball Show. And on this episode, I am joined by fellow broadcaster Steve Cusimano. And, you know, for Steve, it's a little bit of a long intro. Uh, he's worked for a bunch of different teams. Um, he's had some experience in uh, Major League Baseball with the Tampa Bay Rays. He's done some work in the uh, Yankees system. Uh, he's done some work in arena football, a little bit of everything. And uh, Steve, you know, first off, welcome. And, um, you know, we we're talking before we started recording. I understand you're um, spending your baseball offseason in Somerset. Yeah, I, so I work here year round. I'm the right now manager of uh, media relations and broadcast for the Somerset Patriots. So uh, during the offseason, for me, that looks like a lot of social media, graphic design, video production, uh, things like that kind of on the digital side. And uh, obviously, during the baseball season, becomes a lot more fun and get to call play by play for some games and uh, involved with some of the colleges out here doing a little bit of freelance stuff with uh, Princeton, Rutgers and whatever I can get my hands on this time of year. But it's a uh, Got a lot of family up in this region, so it's a fun area for me to live. So you you grew up in New Jersey because I know, you know, with pro, pro sports, people move all over the place, you know, for opportunities. But you're actually in your own old stomping grounds. Kind of. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Staten Island, New York, and I was like I was like 10 years old when I moved with my family out to Arizona. So it was kind of a culture shock for me. But um, growing up a New York sports fan in Arizona, that kind of gave, gave me like a uh, grew up with an affinity for the broadcast because that was my only connection to the teams I grew up watching. So uh, I spent most of my life out there in Arizona. I went to high school and college and everything out there. And basically since I graduated uh, from Arizona State, I've just been moving over the country from you know places like Tampa and Utah, upstate New York. But the, the second I had a chance to move to a place like Jersey, where I have a lot of extended family and I'm within about a half hour from where I grew up, it was a very easy decision for me because how often you have a chance, uh, you know, a good opportunity like this with uh, the Yankees double A affiliate, but to also have so much family around it. For me, it felt like, a, it, well, the, I didn't really live in Jersey previously. It feels like home to me because of how much family I've got around. Definitely, definitely. And so was, you know, your goal always, uh, you know, specifically Major League Baseball or were you more just interested in sports broadcasting in general or you know, when you got out of college, I mean, where, what direction do you see things going in? Yeah, I was always interested in sports broadcasting, but I guess just based on the amount of experience I got when I was in school, it basically came a focus on baseball because when I went to Arizona State, I was there for uh, from 2015 through 2019. A couple of my summers there, I ended up uh, working for minor league baseball teams out of state doing play-by-play. -play. And I worked for uh, the Angels rookie affiliate and out in Utah at one point. I worked for an Astros affiliate in upstate New York. And so those were experiences I got during school that when I graduated made it sensible for me to continue pursuing the baseball side of broadcasting because that's where I kind of had most of my experience. And uh, my first job out of school, I interned with the Tampa Bay Rays. So I moved all the way across the country for that gig and happened to be during the COVID year. And um, with COVID, I actually ended up leaving the Rays uh, right before their the 2020 COVID shortened season started. So I was kind of for a little while out of the baseball job cycle, and that's why I ended up working in arena football and a couple other places. But overall, just being exposed to baseball and having so many of my broadcasting reps in baseball play-by-play -play from such an early age, that kind of made it easy for me to think of that as the long-term play for me. Well, and, you know, what was that stretch like also? I mean, you know, you got your first 
job, you know, at the MLB level, you know, with the big league club, with the Rays, and then there were all the COVID shenanigans and you're kind of shuffling from job to job. And I mean, if I remember correctly, that was not long after you finished college. So, I mean, how much of a whirlwind was that to be transitioning from college to the post-grad world and getting an MLB opportunity and then dealing with COVID and having the downtime? I mean, were you, I mean, a lot of people probably lost their mind during that stretch. Was that kind of where you were? Yeah, it was uh, definitely, like you said, a whirlwind because I graduated May of that year. I went out and uh, started, I got hired by the Rays around October of that same year, but I didn't move down to Tampa to work for them till January of 2020. So obviously that was when COVID wasn't really around yet. You know, people were first kind of hearing about the initial cases breaking into the United States and whatnot, but uh, I still remember the day like it was yesterday when uh, we were actually, I was board hopping all of the spring training games and helping out with, um, you know, just audio production stuff and kind of seeing the way that their workflow is for a major league broadcast department. And we were actually the last major league baseball game uh, before the COVID shut everything down. It was, I think it was March 12th. There was a handful of games that got canceled, but we still played ours against the Phillies and uh I remember looking at the the remaining scoreboard and we were the final game on and they had already said that the remainder of spring training was going to be canceled. So from that point, it was really weird because I spent about two months working remotely. Uh, and I, it was especially weird for me because I actually, when I worked for the Rays, I uh, had an apartment right next to the ballpark. So like I was working for them remotely, but across the street from the ballpark, which was just weird in itself. But I, it was interesting because I was a broadcast intern. I was doing very hands-on kind of, again, audio production type of stuff. But once COVID happened and there were no baseball games, my job transitioned to kind of me flexing my creative skills. We were producing uh, graphics and video content with uh, the Rays broadcasters to keep engaged with the Rays fan base on the Rays radio fan account. So it was, it's, for me, it was, it was very interesting because I was staying busy during that time, but it was almost like a broadcast internship evolved into a social media internship. And that opened up, uh, you know, another layer of my career and going down the social media path. Of, and then, you know, again, on top of the baseball stuff. So it was uh, from there again, I, I think I mentioned the Rays. They let all the interns go around. I think it was May of 2020, about two months before the season started. So I drove all the way back to Arizona um, and then that kind of, again, led to some kind of a diversion of my career, but that entire, uh, COVID, you know, series of events, I, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't kind of take that, that turn in my career where I, I went all the way out there and came all the way back to Arizona. Yeah. I mean, it was a wild time. It's funny how you mentioned how your internship kind of evolved because of COVID. It's funny because when it comes to podcasting, I initially started podcasting during COVID because, you know, I had a lot of, you know, play-by-play -play announcing gigs that got canceled during that stretch. And I just had, I mean, initially, like a lot of people, so much downtime. Um, and there, it's funny, there were a lot of broadcasters who actually, you know, did a podcast during COVID. And then, you know, when things started to get a little bit more back to normal, just went back to broadcasting and not podcasting anymore. In my case, you know, I kept doing it once I was able to start broadcasting again as well. Um, but it's funny, that was how I was initially you know, introduced. Um, but, you know, I'm also curious, you know, we've talked about your career and what you've been doing post-college, but I'm curious specifically about the broadcasting program at Arizona State, because, you know, I think some people might not understand how co college broadcast programs work to begin with, because not every school has one. It's mm -hmm. not like one of those generic majors that every school has. And, you know, obviously, 
like Syracuse University is really famous and they've had a lot of successful broadcasters come out of there. But like the school where I went, Curry College in Milton, Massachusetts, we didn't even I mean, a lot of people might not have even known there was a broadcasting program at Curry, but they actually had a very well run program. And I'm curious, you know, what was the program like at Arizona State? Yeah, we honestly we were kind of I heard the term thrown around a lot, Syracuse of the West, because it was definitely a, an experience where there were kids from all over the country that were going there. It was obviously an easy decision for me living in Arizona, getting in-state academic tuition and scholarship and all that. And I didn't really have to think much past like there's the top broadcasting schools in the country. And one of them happens to be here. So it's I would say one thing I always tell this to kids that are choosing and selecting a college. Like when you talk about yours, obviously a much smaller program there's going to be a lot more reps to go around than a place like Syracuse or ASU because, you know, anyone who wants to pursue broadcasting, you're going to go to most part, you're going to go to the best of the best schools. And that's what everyone's thinking. So, you know, if you think about the course of a, say a 30 game season for any given sport, 30 game baseball season, just for an example, you got to kind of spread all of those reps around an entire student radio station. So the biggest schools are not always the best in terms of getting the reps, but Arizona state was one where, I really enjoyed my experience there. And you kind of, it's like anything in life where you get out what you put in because they give you the tools for, uh, again, this is one of the few cities in the country in Phoenix where you've got all four major sports. You've got an NFL franchise in, in Glendale. You've got Major League Baseball. The Diamondbacks play steps away from the campus in Phoenix. Um, and then obviously the Suns are right there too. Uh, WNBA, the Phoenix Mercury. And then obviously the Coyotes are somewhere between Scottsdale, Tempe, and Glendale now, but and even at the Arizona Rattlers. Um, and there's spring training, and there's Final Fours, and there's Super Bowls. So it's like not only do you have all of those major sports franchises and all the major sports, but you've got national events that take place there, even from um, the Waste Management Open. I mean, there's something for every type of sport. And that was the biggest thing with ASU is there's so much of that to go around that – the classes are very hands-on. You're not just sitting in a classroom and like learning from a book or from a teacher that's just kind of giving a lecture the whole time. You're sent out in the field with a camera and microphones and learning to use all the equipment hands-on and, and basically being a multimedia journalist the same way that and your local TV station, a multimedia journalist would be doing it. So they prepared you for whatever you wanted. If you wanted to go down the news broadcast route, if you wanted to go down the digital writing route or various other avenues, if you wanted to be a producer in the studio. Uh, and there's obviously the clubs. I was a big part of uh, Blaze Radio, the student radio station. I would say that's the one I was most heavily involved with, but they also had a TV station right there. And um, the the resources and the facilities were absolutely state of the art. And again, it's one of those things where sure, there's a lot of students, but the Whatever you get put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And uh, I was really lucky that I ended up living in Arizona because if I didn't, I may not have went to, to the Walter Cronkite School and uh, may not be here right now. But it's, a uh, again, big school, great resources. But I think the biggest selling point I always tell people is just that there's so much pro sports that you can get hands-on experience in before you even graduate. And that was a game changer for a lot of people that I went to school with. Yeah, well, you mentioned also how, you know, at, at some schools, it's harder to get reps than at others. I mean, that's one thing, you know, the like Curry College, where I went, it's roughly 2000 students. So there aren't as many as many people there. And yeah, you can get on air reps right away. I mean, it's interesting also, because when you're deciding, deciding like which university to go to for their broadcast program, 
I mean, maybe some kids coming out of high school know that broadcasting is what they want to do. When I graduated college, I had or graduated high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, I wasn't someone who knew, you know, early on um, that broadcasting was going to be my path. And so, I mean, I guess in my case, it just kind of happened where, you know, I went to a school not knowing I wanted to be a broadcaster and they ended up having a program. But it's just interesting how it, you know, I guess just the different paths that people take. The other thing that kind of jumps out at me is I remember, I don't know how it was for you at Arizona State, but like a lot of kids at Curry College, you know, took broadcasting classes and did broadcasting internships and then never actually worked in broadcasting post-college. Or there were kids who, you know, worked in broadcasting for a few years post-college and then made a transition to something else. But I mean, do you kind of have that experience with, you know, a lot of people you met early on in your career dropping out along the way? And, you know, how did you kind of, you know, keep the ball rolling with your career? Yeah, it's funny because when I was in school, I actually I used to reach out to a lot of, you know, people for advice and just, you know, people who have been in the industry for years and years. And one guy I talked to compared it to boot camp because it's, uh, you know, you start to see people drop out every single year. And it's when I'm. I, it's funny because the, the roles are reversed now. I'm the one that's getting the calls from all the college students and the emails asking for advice. And when I talk to students, I'm, I always say that it's it's a, an industry that rewards the people who are really persistent and motivated and have excellent work ethic. Because if you're not that person, you know, you could be the, the next prodigy. You could be the next Vince Scully. You could be the next Joe Buck. But no one is ever going to come knocking at your door to offer you a job. You have to go out there and, and earn every single opportunity you can. And the reps are such a big part of it too. Like you were talking about how there's a lot of reps to go around at Curry. That's something that I always implore high school and college kids to think about when they're considering a college. It's not necessarily just what school might have the best resources, but you're only going to get better with the more reps you do. But for me, I've, I've always been a very naturally just motivated person you know i'm very passionate about my career and and you know the things that i hold close to in my life and so it was always easy for me to kind of stay focused with with that kind of stuff but not everyone has that same passion like you might have a family or you might have a a significant other or other things in life because there's more to life than than just your career for me it was always just kind of something i was very persistent about and it's for me it's never changed but the other thing is too is starting out you're not going to be making a significant amount of money. You can get to that point, but it's going to take longer than some other careers where you could probably make more starting out. And that might be more practical for someone coming out of school that as much as they would have liked to pursue sports media, they've, again, they've got those other priorities. They've got a wife or kids or whatever it might be. So it's everyone kind of forges their own path. And for me, I've been lucky enough that I haven't had many of those other things to tie me down to this point. So I've been able to pursue it to this point where I'm 26 years old now. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things that causes the dropout rate in, in broadcasting is the lifestyle or mm -hmm. lack of lifestyle. And, you know, some people are, are good at what they do, like you said, but just it's not broadcasting that's a challenge for them. It's everything else that comes along with it. And you mentioned, you know, the people who work hard. I think also, you know, in addition to people working hard, I think it's important to be someone who can bounce back because, you take a lot of a lot of L's, at, you know, as a broadcaster. It can be a cutthroat business, and everyone goes through rough stretches. But I mean, you mentioned like how COVID kind of affected your career. But was there one particular stretch that was especially hard for you? I mean, to be honest, it pretty much was 
about that two-year span coming out of college. It was, in some ways, it was a good time to come out of college because it was right before COVID. So I didn't have to deal with that when I was in school, but it was also a very difficult time because you talk about how hard it is to get that first job out of school, but then you add the COVID layer to that. It was really difficult. So when I got with the other interns let go by the raise in that summer of 2020, again, kind of like I alluded to before, my entire job cycle coming out of school was based on baseball. And I was basically unemployed during the baseball season at that point. And that opened up, you know, kind of a very something, a situation that was very unfamiliar for me because I didn't really know necessarily where to go, what kinds of teams to work for, like when are teams in football and hockey and basketball really like accepting applications and looking for people to hire. So this is actually how I met you is I went back home to Arizona and I wanted to do something related to broadcasting or at least in, in, to, to media, I should say. So I went and worked in the arena football, now the indoor football league. I went and worked there for a year for the Arizona Rattlers and the Tucson, Tucson Sugar Skulls as their director of social media, media relations um, and everything in between, basically, because I wanted to do something relevant to my career. But that, it, you know, those creative skills I learned, there were extremely important to where I am now. But that was a really difficult thing for me to cope with. The fact that I got laid off, and it took me a while. It took me four or five months to get my first job out of college. Then COVID hits. I lose that first internship. And then I have to, you know, go to this job where it was great because I was at home. I was in Arizona, was full-time. It was really a good opportunity for me during COVID, expand my skill set. But coming to terms with the fact that I'm not doing the broadcasting, I'm not doing the things I was doing in school, it wasn't exactly what I was looking to do, but it was obviously something that helped me get a lot better and see a, a different industry in the indoor football league. And and that's how I met you with the, with the Massachusetts Pirates when you were there. But that was kind of the, the stretch of two years where it took until almost when I got this job in Somerset to fully like get my career uh, timeline back on track. Because after I worked for the Arizona Rattlers, I actually moved all the way back to Tampa to work for the Tampa Bay Lightning because of a connection I made with the Rays when I was there doing a really similar job, but this time not an internship with the Lightning. So then I was going from baseball to football to hockey. I was kind of on air when I was with the Lightning, but not entirely. I was doing some intermission stuff, but it, it actually took me leaving the Lightning midseason to come work for the Somerset Patriots out here to get back on that baseball timeline and workflow. So it kind of was like a two year long, it kind of stunted me a little bit for those two years. But I I think the important thing I always tell people, and what I was told during COVID, I was reaching out for advice was like, this COVID period is when people are going to separate themselves, like the guys that get kicked down, or and you know, are going to stay down and, and not do anything with it. But if you're somebody that can bounce back and, and do something productive during those COVID months and would have ended up being COVID years, you're going to see the results in the you know years past that. So it took me a while to overcome that entire cycle of changing jobs, but I finally was able to to do that when I got here to Somerset, and I've been here for almost two years now. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure you learned a lot from that experience. I mean, as far as you know, transitions go. I mean, like I don't know for you, but like for me. So I always knew after I got out of college, I wanted to be a broadcaster. I never thought about switching professions, but I struggled with what type of broadcaster I wanted to be. And uh, that was kind of a struggle for like a few years out of college. The other big thing was 
When I got out of college, I was really confident in my on-camera abilities. But when it came to like producing content or writing articles or doing this or that, I didn't want to do any of those things because I didn't want to embarrass myself. And I've gotten more comfortable in recent years going outside my comfort zone. But uh, those were the two things for me, I think, not knowing exactly what type of broadcaster I wanted to be and also getting, you know, going outside my comfort zone. Those are really hard for me. And I mean, you know, I finished college in 2016. Um, and so, you know, I can't imagine if COVID had happened in 2016, if I've been dealing with all those things I mentioned and also, you know, COVID on top of it. But, um, you know, also, um, you know, for anyone listening, you know, who wants to, you know, keep up with your career. So what's your upcoming broadcast schedule? Is it mostly Somerset Patriots work or do you have some off-season freelance stuff you're doing? Or, uh, you know, where can people hear the one and only voice of Steve Cusimano on the airwaves? Yeah. So right now during the off-season, I'm, I'm involved as a freelance kind of fill in with a few of the local universities out here. So Rutgers, I'm filling in. Uh, I don't have anything on the schedule with Rutgers right now. Uh, but I'm also doing some things for Princeton uh, over the last month. Like it's been so diverse that I've called like three or four hockey games. I did sideline reporting for a Princeton football game against Harvard. And then this past Saturday, I called um, Princeton men's basketball on the road at Monmouth. So it's like, I'm kind of just filling in when they need me to. And I don't have like a schedule already kind of set in stone, but my social media at Stephen underscore Cusimano and then my website, stephencusimano.com, usually posting all kinds of clips and, you know, what my plans might be there. And really, uh, you know, the, everything turned, the, the calendar turns in, in April and it's baseball season. And uh, that's that's my bread and butter when it's uh, 138 straight games plus the playoffs of of baseball. But it, it's fun to stay involved with uh, some of the local universities out here during the off season. Oh, definitely. It's cool. Also with college sports, you know, like, Pretty much, at least in the Boston area, pretty much every Division One team is on ESPN Plus. Mm-hmm. So you know there are all lots of you know really cool uh, you know freelance college sports opportunities you know that take place during the baseball offseason. You know I've gotten to do a bunch of uh, you know ESPN Plus games for Boston University the past couple of years, which has been you know a nice thing to to keep me busy. But uh, you know Steve definitely appreciate. Um, you know, you coming on the podcast and your insight um, as far as kind of behind the scenes of how broadcasting works. I think that that's something that'd be really helpful for any, you know, asp- young aspiring broadcasters who may be listening to this episode. Maybe, you know, they might not understand or know exactly how it is. And, you know, I think some of the things you mentioned as far as your experiences will definitely, uh, you know, be helpful for, again, you know, any young uh, you know, anyone hoping to be the next Steve Cusimano, they're, they're you know, getting the real deal here. But, uh, you know, Steve, once again, you know, I appreciate, uh, you know, you joining me on the podcast. And, uh, yeah, definitely uh, wish you the best of luck with the uh, the Patriots season. Thank you so much. Yeah, just one last thing. I mean, I, I was that kid, like I said, not long ago, like three years ago, I was that kid. So I'm always happy to offer anyone advice or anyone who needs uh, any kind of guidance. But, um, but no, it's, it's been great. Thanks for having me on and, and best of luck with everything in your court too. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So once again, everyone, that was Steve Cusimano. You've been listening to the Lever Ball Show.